Welcome to the affiliate interview series by Statstrom. Our next guest is Itai Paz. He's the founder of the Morning Doe Newsletter and DMI Expo. He shares a lot of insights for affiliates, so let's get to it. Welcome to the affiliate interview series. I got a special guest with me. Um, it's someone that I've known and met at many conferences for a long time. So I'm kind of uh, aging myself here. But um, I've got Itai Paz from uh, Morning Doe Newsletter and the DMI Expo. And Itai, why don't you do a quick introduction of yourself and uh, let us know what you do in affiliate marketing. First of all, thank you very much for having me. I I, I really appreciate that. And I have lots to share. Um, so just a quick introduction. I started my way online 28 plus years ago. I was uh, basically fired from where I was working and I needed to figure out what to do. And the internet was still, I call it the diaper stage. Like still uh, whomever know about the connection to the internet, you would connect with the noises and no one can actually speak on the phone while you're connecting to the internet. It was really not fun, fun days. And I just sat in front of the computer, had to figure it out, and I was able to build my first affiliate website by my own. I'm not a technical person, but I just figured it out. And the first month, I already made money, and I said, oh, this is interesting. So the second month, I already added two more websites, and the next month, more and more, and eventually I had hundreds of websites running. And over time, uh, it kept on growing. Some websites we ditched, you know, we moved. I moved to many things online. I had what many people everywhere, not related to online, but especially online, the shiny object syndrome. So every time you see, oh, there's a better opportunity, the better industry, better vertical, better idea, and you keep on moving, yeah, you make money over time. Uh, and today, you know, I... <laughs> At this point of time, after 28 plus years, I know that you need to work differently if you want to sustain for long term. And hopefully I'll be able to share more about that. Yeah, no, it, it almost sounds like, you know, a website addiction. But I like hearing people's stories about how they kind of just sort of stumbled upon, you know, creating a website. It's uh, I remember back in the day, we never had schools to go to. Like there wasn't courses on like they were maybe just starting like website development, but um, I just find that people come from different educational backgrounds or even lack of educational backgrounds and they just make it happen. And I kind of like how people just say, well, I just figured it out. And technology is there today. And, you know, you can pay someone 10 bucks and get a website and just fill out your content or whatever your links. So it's that simpler today. There are more obstacles today other than, you know, th things have changed, but still it's, there are lots of things that are completely different and much easier for, especially for beginners. Yeah. So you're basically calling out the beginners where they literally have no excuse today for getting started. There's no, no excuse. You, you said it. There's knowledge. So they can find any knowledge and get help from anyone, read online for free or paid. It doesn't really matter right now, but there's so much information about that. So many people, forums, blogs. Just to read and connect, you can pay other people to web pay, build your websites. And not for thousands of dollars like back in the days, you can pay, like I said, as little even at five bucks to get a website and just put your content inside. So on that side, it's much easier. There's no excuse. The only, you know, I, I know, I think I read somewhere that most of the people are reluctant to begin building their affiliate website. One is the fear of technology, which we already just 
explain why it should be any relevant. And the second thing is what will be the topic or vertical or whatever it is of the website, which for us, maybe we have experienced it sounds like, oh, really? <laughs> it should be very simple. But people just say, oh, what should I do? Well, let's do about, I don't know, I love cars. Oh, there's so many blogs and websites about cars. So why, what will be my uniqueness? So, you know what? I don't think, obviously, people say about uniqueness, it's important and stuff like that. But there's so many people searching about cars, let's say, for example, about cars or let's say vintage cars. So you, you bring in your own experience, right? This is your blog or your website. You bring your own point of view. Think about all, think about all the, um, what we call influencers today, the one that puts, let's say, makeup, whatever it is. You connect to one or, or, and not connect to another one. So it's all about how they deliver the information, how they, um, so it could be text, video, whatever it is. People connect to different people. So you just need to be there and start moving. You'll adjust, you'll find your format over time. Uh, I think the best, the best experience or the best um, example I can give, even after so many years online, we launched during the COVID. So the COVID, so you mentioned earlier, I ran a DMI Expo, which is an international conference for affiliate marketing uh, based in Tel Aviv. And in 2020, we should have had an event in May. Unfortunately, COVID popped up and no events. Everything is shut down. Uh, Israel borders were very limited, so you can't really do an international event without bringing international people. So we shut down everything. So I said, what? What should? Where should we we put the same resources we have that are wasted? And we decided to launch the Morning Dough, which is a newsletter. Up to here, very simple a newsletter that brings news about the industry. Now there's so many formats that you can bring: long, short, uh, daily, monthly, weekly. Uh, <laughs> You can put video newsletter, whatever. It's so many options. And how did we figure it out? We figured it out over time. We launched a newsletter based on one of the formats we found online that I said, okay, this is nice. And then I found out that I'm working too hard for that. I'm, it's too many, too much effort, and I'm not enjoying it. So I said, I need to enjoy it. So I started to shrink the newsletter and fit it more to my lifestyle, to what I like to do. And and that's how the newsletter eventually got to the format which is is today, which is a year later. Well, I think well now it's already almost three years, but a year later it was uh, 18 bullet points. That's it. No extra text. If you want to read more, just click and go to the website. We're not playing games. We just give you the highlights of the industry. So if I go back to the vehicle idea, so it's it goes the same thing. You can say okay, let's say. I go to shows every week I, or every other week. I go to a show about vintage vintage cars. So I like to take photos of cars from the 1800 or 1900, whatever it is, doesn't matter. So that's your thing. So do that. You don't need to say, oh, but if someone comes and wants to know about cars from the 70s and I'm only about the 50s or whatever it is, that's okay. You do what you you like because if you start to do the 70s and you don't like it, then and again, it's just an it's just an example. You will find yourself miserable. You won't be able to keep on going again and again and do it if you don't like to do it. So it's all about the format. Don't be stressed. Just you know, start and keep on going. Yeah, and I guess maybe there's another takeaway point that you're kind of indirectly highlighting, which is like if you're into cars, but you're really specifically about the '50s cars, 
uh, don't spend all the time and energy focusing on the big encyclopedia of cars where you're competing against giants, uh, websites, or, you know, directories that are way too big that are going to take forever to uh, build and compete against. And, um, you know, I guess it's uh, kind of cliche, but it's, uh, you know, focus on a niche. And when you're doing that niche hobby, it's not really work. This is what's called uh, long tail. I know mostly people refer to when they hear SEO. So long tail, just the people who don't really know what it is, uh, we refer to when say keyword. So let's say the keyword is, uh, I don't know, Ford Focus, whatever it is. So a long tail would be Ford Focus 2020 uh, XL, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, blue, yeah, blue color, whatever it is. So the long, the more keywords in the phrase, that means that it's a long tail. It's like a tail. So they, the idea behind going, like you mentioned, if you focus on a niche or a vertical, you can go into different long tails and enjoy the traffic and you get it for free. I know there's lots of people talking about buying traffic and that's okay. That's a different thing. How an affiliate, we can talk about it. How can affiliate get traffic? But long tail is a way to get traffic without actually paying anything for it. Yeah, that's very true. So I wanted to talk a bit more about the conferences that you run, uh, specifically DMI Expo. And I know you've been uh, uh, creating conferences for a long period of time, I think starting with AffiliateCon. So I just wanted to talk about, like, you know, what can people expect when they go to these events? And what do you do to make your event uh, stand out a little differently, knowing that you're very aware of other events and try not to just kind of make the same thing? And what's what's unique about the people that go to your event? So uh, first of all, I'll start with the fact that I, as an affiliate, I'm going to events as an affiliate worldwide since since it started, I think, in the U.S. I think the first one was Affiliate Summit, obviously. And they are they're the veterans of the online conferences. We came back, we came there like a few years after them, I think uh, three or four years after them. And I say, first of all, go to events. It's important. You think online and you read on blogs and you read on forums and you interact with people. There's no replacement of going physically to events, especially when you're an affiliate. I always say, I, I have an article I wrote once why should you be the best body or the best friend of your affiliate manager? Mm. And when you think about it, right, affiliate manager has lots of opportunities coming to his hand. He can help different people in different ways. Sometimes he has special offers he keeps only for his top affiliates or his buddies, right? Because yeah. it's limited. He can't really offer it for everyone. So if you build a relationship with them over time, you'll find out how much money you can actually make more than others. So it's definitely like events, it's a must. It's it's energy, it's it's connections for life. And this is how I built my my events, just from the connections I've built throughout the years. And I found, you know, I meet people and I enjoy and, and take it also for my affiliate business as well, which is a different business completely. Uh, but it is a great one. I own over 2,200 websites, 2,200 websites today. Uh, but going back to the DMI Expo, so for us, when we started Affiliacon, it was 2008 or nine, and the idea behind it was we traveled to the to the U.S. and about 10% of the attendant attended attendees at the Affiliate Summit were Israelis, and we said, "This is why shouldn't we have like an event in Israel?" And everyone said, "Oh, this is a great idea." So I said, "What can we do?" That let's have one. I said, okay, are you in? And people said, no, you'll do it, then we'll come. 
So I said, hey, if I'm doing it, you'll buy tickets. I'm not doing it. And you're my friend. Suddenly you're my friends and you don't want to help. So they said, you know what? We'll support you. And we built the first one, a Philicon. It was really a big success. So the idea behind it was, first of all, having so, there's so many smart people in Israel. They do affiliate marketing internationally. And digital marketing in Israel, it's huge. So, so now we bring a lot of interest. If you look all through the years, we've changed different brands. But DMI Expo is basically... Uh, just a rebrand we build. We bring people from all over the world to one place. And the uniqueness of everything among the, the fact that we're very focused on, um, how do you say, in, in the Israelis to the point, not just, you know, shmo- it's good to schmooze, but we want to, you know, people come here to, to do business. We build the environment for that. So one of the things for me as an affiliate, when I go to events, and then it's uh, one o'clock and I see people are getting agitated because either there's a big line for food or there's no food inside or the exhibitors that work, the, the, the people that work in the, in the booth are, want to go eat and they go out and in and there's a big, and I said, it doesn't need to be there. I came to work. It's a two days event, right? So we should focus on talking and doing business and helping each other, not about thinking where do we get lunch or, or breakfast or whatever it is. So that's one of the things we always do is we build an environment. It's a closed environment. You don't need to go outside for anything. We provide food, luxury food, breakfast, lunch, espresso bar for everyone inside the show. And we found out that people love it. Some people say, hey, we're coming just for the food. It's more than enough for us to come. But but seriously, it's 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 a per, it's a really superb food. But it's not about that. What I meant is the environment is facilitating good business because you're not stressed. You're there. You know that your mind shouldn't be anywhere else. You came to work as an affiliate, as an affiliate manager, as media buyers, whomever arrives there. And I think we were able to capture that. And then we are. And since Israel, it's basically in the center, connecting between Europe, U.S., and the Far East or Far Middle East. In Asia, so we're actually located in a great place. Israel now has good relationship with many countries around us as well. So we're just open for everyone to come, and that made a big, big success for the MI Expo. And I'm really happy about it. I'm a digital marketer. I'm an affiliate marketing. This business it was built to just to make to make us as an affiliate have a great event, but. And that's, I think, the the biggest key for our success. How many hours every week does your team spend checking all of your stats? You know, clicks, signups, FTDs, CPAs earned, revenue, and commissions? Are you storing this data manually on spreadsheets? Surely there has to be a better way. That's exactly what StatsDrone is for. Save hours and focus on work that makes you more money and use the app to optimize your campaigns so you know where to send more traffic to. Oh, and other features? Discover nearly 900 iGaming affiliate programs, get account balances, save notes on all your deals, stay on top of trends of your own data, oh, and you can also store the data on your own server, and super fast onboarding. Visit www.statsdrone.com and give the app a try for free. And I, and I think it makes sense that, you know, you're... How many hours every week does your team spend checking all of your stats? You know, clicks, signups, FTDs, CPAs earned, revenue, and commissions? 
Are you storing this data manually on spreadsheets? Surely there has to be a better way. That's exactly what StatsDrone is for. Save hours and focus on work that makes you more money and use the app to optimize your campaigns so you know where to send more traffic to. Oh, and other features? Discover nearly 900 iGaming affiliate programs, get account balances, save notes on all your deals, stay on top of trends of your own data, oh, and you can also store the data on your own server, and super fast onboarding. Visit www.statstrone.com and give the app a try for free. You know, it, of course, you'd want to have that event there in Israel where I think when more people start to like dig and go, okay, where are these companies? Where are these internet marketers coming from? And uh, when you start looking at some of the companies that are based in Israel, it's uh, it kind of seems like, you know, from a per capita kind of basis, it's uh, like there's a lot of companies there. There's a lot of experience. It's uh, it's almost like one of the places where, you know, internet marketing and affiliate marketing kind of grew out when you think about a lot of companies, whether it's gaming or other industries. And when I look at the the companies that are sponsoring your event, I kind of like, oh, I didn't realize they were Israeli and, you know, they're big companies. Like, uh, I think Outbrain is one of them. Outbrain, Tabula, and obviously you mentioned gaming, gambling, and yeah. other industries, verticals. You'll find here huge mega affiliates. There are, there are affiliate companies here that making over half a billion dollars a year in revenue. So there's lots to do here and lots of opportunities around here. And that's what it's all about. It's just, hey, let's do business. Let's progress. Let's do whatever we can. Yeah. And, and uh, going back to one of the other points that you mentioned about, you know, being a best friend of an affiliate manager, um, you know, having been an affiliate manager myself, um, I kind of think that's an it's like a superpower for affiliates. It's to understand, you know, how much do affiliates make? You know, it's kind of like an unfair advantage. But I mean, um, yeah, they can kind of like, you know, give you a bit of coaching or feedback. And I think having that extra view is really important. And I personally believe the opposite is true that a lot of affiliate managers should have experience in building their affiliate sites because it goes without saying when they do that, they gain the experience and they understand what the pain points are of being an affiliate. It's uh, I think it makes them more competent, even though affiliates can kind of complain saying, hey, don't create sites, leave that for leave that business for me. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think people should know. Uh, I remember, you know, it's, it, it happens a lot in the gaming industry. When you're an affiliate, you're sitting and say, oh, I'm sending them the traffic the, to the network and they're making lots of money without doing anything. And then the network is saying, oh, the operator is making a lot, you know, the company, the software provider is making so much money and we're doing very little yeah. uh, money, but we do most of the work. And then the software company says, oh, we do all the work and what they're complaining, we're... So it's always, they say, the neighbor's grass is greener. Yeah. So it's a, it, it's, a, it's a bad syndrome for online. So don't, don't think it's easier to be an affiliate manager or affiliate manager should think that being an affiliate is easier. Each position has its advantages and disadvantages. I think as an affiliate for over 28 years, I can tell you one thing for sure. Um, I, when I wake up, I don't have any direct obligations to anyone. I do whatever I wish to do. I wish to work. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But I'm just saying, if I decided, you know, uh, in an hour, I just go and rest for two hours. I don't have clients. I don't have affiliates, affiliates that I need to. If I don't have any meetings specifically, I can do whatever I want. I can really be free. And that's 
really valuable for people who wants their um, freedom. But the other side of the coin is you need to be able to actually put your butt in the seat and do that. Because if you think that, oh, I'm going to be like, oh, I'll just work a couple of weeks, hours a week. And, you know, they're talking about uh, making income in with very little, you know, spending very little online and it will happen, residual income. And by the way, if someone looks at residual income, residual income is created only after you create something. So once you build the website and once things are running, you can do what you can do other things. But I'll tell you, if you love what you do, once you start to do it and you see the money rolling, like I start, when I started, you do one website, you say, oh, I make money. So it makes, oh, let's do more, let's do more, let's do more. That's the fun of that. Otherwise, it's really boring. Uh, I, that's how I see that. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, and I think that's another argument, whether it's better to do one website or multiple websites. And I think that just depends on the person, the personality, um, if you're better able to focus on one site. But I think that's a whole other topic. And I think that's for everyone to, like you said, it's choose your own adventure. You know, you get to make your own rules and do what you want. I do want to mention one thing. It's also depending on what you do. So let's say you're going to be an affiliate for reviewing products. Then it makes sense to have one or many websites. You can find out the strategy. But if you're doing a, a website about, let's say, like I said, vintage cars, I wouldn't necessarily do tens of websites or two. I might do only one because it's very, it's more niche and more, it's not just an affiliation website. It's heavily content on specific niche. I would might be stick there and not expand to many websites. So like you said, it's, it's a big, there's a big uh, discussion around that, but initially you can find right away if it's even potentially makes sense to do that. Yeah, I fully agree. So given all the experience you've got in affiliate marketing and having a leading affiliate newsletter and also a pretty major affiliate marketing event, uh, I want to ask you, what do you see in the, the near future or the future of affiliate marketing? So as I mentioned earlier, I'm also an affiliate myself today. I have over 2,200 websites and growing. And first of all, I don't think over time, if I look at what happened 28 years ago to today as an affiliate, the basic things are still there. You were asking about the future. So here's the thing. I think that the basics will will not change. We're talking about email. How many years do we hear about email marketing is going away, it's fading away, will it's shutting down, forget about it. And it's still here kicking and growing and growing and growing. Um, same goes to SEO. SEO, yeah, it's more competitive, sure. But there are more people searching, more long tails, more opportunities, and the basics is still the same. Quality of content, have it in certain order, build it the right way, no sticks and tricks and stuff like that and strategies. Clean what I what I call clean SEO. You will succeed. Obviously, not if you're competing on terms like uh, I don't know, online gaming or I don't know whatever it is. I'm talking about in general. It's the same essence of things. So over time, if I look what happens, nothing actually from the base change. The biggest change is actually coming from a different direction. It's on the paid side. Why? Because there's Facebook that wasn't there before. So Facebook, uh, how can you make money with Facebook? The only way is buying traffic from Facebook. 
same goes to TikTok or Instagram or whatever things that are not for my generation anymore, but they're all based on paid, mostly, okay, mostly on paid advertising and or followers. But let's say go to the, I think the main thing is the paid advertising that keeps on changing uh, because there are many guidelines and it's still evolving. So the FTC is changing and commercial and things and lawsuits and, and stuff like that. So this is the main industry that keeps on changing more than the, the what I call the old industry, where, uh, the non-paid one. Also, probably ChatGPT is one of the things that everyone is talking today about. Is it affecting us? What will happen? So I think, first of all, no one really knows what will happen. I don't think there's, if someone says, I know, then yes, it's his guesstimation. Yeah. But I want to say something. Um, as an SEO guy, we build website and there's something called zero click uh, traffic. So basically, uh, Google searches the website and shows the answer to a question for a search query uh, on the top. Sometimes if you, if you see also in the actual search bar, and where does it get the information? It gets it from from a certain website or websites, and doesn't pay the website. And there's lots of uh, lawsuits around that. And I know that Google actually is is reducing more and more this zero click because it's actually that it doesn't pay you for the traffic, right? For the knowledge, and he uses it to make his own its own money. So, going back to the, the to the BI or to the AI, right? So what happened now is. You see that uh, I actually heard yesterday that artists are now uh, suing all the AI uh, photo engines because the AI agent went went through their website, saw their art, and now it's smart and build whatever it is. So they're and they're getting nothing of that. So I can see a, a, a photo that you painted and just ask, put it inside AI and say tweak it a little bit. It's no more yours. I get it quality. I can print it. And instead of paying you $1,000, they pay you $100 to just print it out or whatever it is on a canvas. And they're suing it. Same goes to ChatGPT or other comp- What will happen? So I'm sure there's lots that's on the way or already in, in place because ChatGPT is giving answers. It doesn't, it, think about it. It's, it's not like you say artificial intelligence, it's not guessing the answer. It's reading the answer like a person, right? Yeah. But a super smart person in many places. Then it gives you an answer, an educated answer based on everything. That's okay. But that's you read it on my place and your website and your website. And, and so eventually I think it will have an issue to be implemented. And, and I, th- I know Google says, oh, it's the biggest threat in, to our uh, industry or to them as a search engine. And in some ways it, does but i don't think it will be that fast there's still a big process to go through and many hoops until it will be in a in a in a more order way and the way to to overcome these issues will be having an email list going back to the email marketing so if you have a website let's say again let's go to the vintage cars have people opt into your list why because if tomorrow there's something that you don't get traffic. You know what? It's not even related to ChatGPT. It could be because Google decided it doesn't want to send you or someone is doing a better job than you on SEO and gets on top of you. You still have a list of hundreds of people 
uh, or thousands of people that are interested in vintage cars and you can keep on building your industry, your list and your community online videos without the worry. So always have a few options. Don't just say, oh, I'm doing only one thing because you can be screwed if you can say it in, in delicate word. Yeah. So looking in, in the future, I think the future, no one knows. I think the AI will do some changes. No one really know yet, but it will take time. Focus on the basics. That's always works for everyone. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And I haven't even actually thought about like, you know, the legal implications, although it makes sense where, you know, you're getting like really nice images and it's like that came from somewhere. And um, I think I've already read a couple articles about artists saying, you know, you basically are taking my work and that's that's a variation of it. So it becomes uh, IP theft at some point. Um, so the last last question I've got, I know on LinkedIn, you've got, um, you know, some of the, the things that you list that you focus on or have interest in is conversion rate optimization. So I've got my next question and I kind of want to see if um, how you would tie uh, conversion rate optimization into it, which is what is your take on business intelligence and affiliate marketing and how important do you think this is? Or maybe there are not enough affiliates or operators that are paying attention to BI. I think most, there's so many things on the table today online that people are more focused on the day-to-day and not about BI and C. Although I always say, say, look at what other people do. It doesn't mean that they are doing it well. It doesn't mean that that's what you should do. But sometimes it's like when we started, like I said, we started the newsletter. I know email marketing very well, but I looked at other models. I, I found one that I know that works really well. And I said, let's mimic in different niche, but let's make let's mimic the same concept. So obviously you should look at that. Does it affect your conversion uh, optimization, conversion rate? Uh, conversion rate or conversion optimization is an internal process. I don't see it as an external one. Um because it's so many, there's so many factors from the type of traffic you get, the geo you get, so many things. You cannot really know how others are doing. And if someone says, oh, my page is converting 30%, you know what? I'm, I'm not everything that everyone says, it's, let's say, 100% accurate, okay? I'll be, I'll be very delicate. So, you know, you can always learn, talk to people. I always love to talk to people and I share a lot and I collect many things through from every person. I take a few things and then I put it all together to my own, what I like, what I found. And that's the way I do it. I, I think people should do it. Companies should do companies, affiliate programs, whatever. Look at what others do. Definitely learn from others. There, if you see many people doing smart things, probably there's some truth to that. Not, but if, but not necessarily. You need to test it. The yeah. fact that it works for one person doesn't mean that it works for you. And same goes, like I said, to conversion. Just try and test it. You never know what it is, but I always say, try to keep the details, like capture the 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 person before you send it to a different affiliate program, because that's the way for you to keep on making more money, money again, and again. So let's go for gaming, whatever website. So you bring someone and. You give a review on a game, and then it clicks. It goes to the game, and and that's it. It will never, ever, ever probably come back to you unless something happens online, and the chances are very low. So you should, before he lives, first of all, give him enough value so he will remember you. But I would ask for his email because that's a great way. 
to actually get him back and then and get another chance to send him to another program or to another game or buy it, uh, something from you or from others. It doesn't really matter, but keep on the communication, the engagement between you and the audience. That's a great way to get higher conversions from the same traffic. Very true. And I think uh, collecting emails is something that we should probably pay more attention to where, like you said, if you can lose your rankings overnight or you build your whole channel on YouTube and YouTube decides to take it down, it's kind of like, what are you left with? That is your own ownership. Absolutely. And when we say col collect, we didn't mean to collect, find it online, <laughs> is let them opt in. Collect is just the the, the noun we yeah. use, but eventually <laughs> you need to put an opt-in box. Uh, it could be in a pop, it could be in their corner, but it doesn't matter where it is on your website and ask people to opt in to your list. That's that's what we mean legally for collecting. Of course, emails. yeah. And I like the other point you mentioned where it's kind of like, um, you know, affiliates, if they... You can focus on you know the business intelligence and conversion rate optimization, but there's some people that if you're just more focused than being in the present, creating content, I know lots of people that, and I'm sure you know tons as well, and probably you you see this on your side, people having success without actually lo looking at any data. They're just like, hey, this is working. Um, you know, if, if you're great at business intelligence and using that as your leverage to get stronger, you know, good for you. I see a lot of affiliates doing that, but I also have met a lot of affiliates that say. We don't have time to do that. I'm sure we could actually gain more value out of it, but they're so in the present and focusing on what they do. It's kind of like, you know, you know, like when you've got your own newsletter, it's uh, you just keep uh, keep working and doing what you like. Absolutely, and you keep on learning. And for me, the fact that we're building, we're now building about two to three hundred new websites per month. Wow. We're actually able to collect more and more data, and we learn from the data, and we learn and we learn, and we adjust, and then we fix back, and we keep on going. So. It's always about learning. So if you do, and someone would say, okay, but I'm not building hundreds of websites. That's okay, but go back. You're building a blog, you put posts, or you send email. Look at the, the results of the email. So if you send every day or every week, look what happens. What happens when it's short, when it's long? What happens on different things? And just keep on learning. You'll find a way. That's that's the best way to find what works for you and work, what, work, what doesn't work for you, what works for your audience and that's a, by the way it's a completely different story about email marketing do you send it daily not daily that's maybe a, a different chapter but i'm just saying everything it, it's not complicated it's just test it as you go and you'll find the solution it doesn't mean that if someone does it daily you should do it daily if it doesn't fit for you for you but i think uh, i think more people should pay attention to that like that's the easiest example of conversion rate optimization that something that we can all do and we all should pay attention to correct well, Itai, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm going to give it back to you to say, how can people find you and tell us about um, your events and your newsletter? First of all, thank you very much for having me again. Um, you can find me either, first of all, my DMI Expo, www.dmiexpo.com or Morning Doe, which is one word, D-O-U-G-H, not bread dough. Well, it's the same word, but it's the dough money. So morningdoe.com or itaypaz.net, which is I-T-A-Y-P-A-Z.net. You can find me and all the contact details. Feel free if I can help you with anything to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.